podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. On today's episode, hear from Fairfield men's basketball coach, Jay Young. He talks about his journey to becoming a head coach. He breaks down the 2019-2020 roster over at Fairfield and talks about the type of program he's looking to build. One thing I found interesting, uh, you know, just from looking at your bio, you played lacrosse at Marist as a student. Right. How do you go from playing right. lacrosse to becoming a college <laughs> basketball coach? Yeah, it, it is a funny story. I, uh, I was a high school basketball player, and uh, I played outside of Worcester, Mass, uh, at a Catholic school called St. Bernard's. And then when I went to Marist, I just wasn't good enough to be a Division One basketball player. But I missed the interaction of being on a team and, and hanging out with the guys and being part of something. So I tried out for the lacrosse team and made it and ended up being a um, uh, three-year starter for the lacrosse team. And then when uh, I was at Marist, I became really good friends with the assistant basketball coach at the time. And his name was Jim Todd. And there was a connection through Massachusetts where he was friends with my father who was a high school basketball coach and an athletic director at the time so we became friends and what happened was once I got out of college I was back in Massachusetts he left Maris and took a division three head coaching job and uh, called me up one day and said hey do you want to be my assistant and I wasn't really doing anything I was just kind of hanging out at home uh, figuring out what to do I said hey it sounds like fun you know I had known Jimmy through through uh being a student at Marist, and I joined him for a couple of years and had a blast doing it. So that's how the journey all started. So you, from there, you, you ha- you've had quite the coaching resume, really what stops at, at every level, D3, D2, right. D1. You've had a variety of different roles there. What have you learned at some of those places uh, You know that now you'll be able to apply here at Fairfield uh, as a head coach? I, I think the journey is important because, you know, uh, I've done just about everything. Like you said, I've, I've coached at every level, every different type of kid from the junior college kid to, uh, you know, the kid who's uh, got really great academics to kids from the suburbs to the cities um, and everything in between. And along the way, you've had to do so many things. You've had to be your own academic advisor, your own equipment manager. Um, you swept floors. Uh, you've done so many things that I really feel that because of it, you're more prepared for when this opportunity comes. So, you know, I wouldn't change anything. I've said that all along that um, from being a 25 or 26 year old junior college head coach for the first time and really having no clue, no gym, no trainer, no nothing uh, to, you know, the point where I was in the big 10 and had, uh, you know, some great facilities and, and great support. But along the way, uh, I think I learned so much from each stop. And most importantly, I think is, is just be yourself. Uh, don't try and be someone that you're not, uh, keep learning, be a lifelong learner, keep trying to take from people, uh, could be a baseball coach at your school. It could be, uh, uh, you know, someone in athletic administration, just trying to be a learner, uh, and move forward. Absolutely. One thing that, uh, I think sticks out when people take a look at your biography is uh, your time under fellow Connecticut uh, native Steve Peichel, who uh, you were an assistant right, with right. over at uh, Stony Brook and Rutgers. What would you? What was it like? Uh, you know, learning under Steve and getting to work for him. 
Yeah, I learned how to build the program. Uh, and I had been a co- part of the, a couple of those before I met Steve, but Steve um, was relentless in, in just building every day at Stony Brook and at Rutgers. Two really difficult jobs when he took them over and made them into, uh, made that Stony Brook into a great job. And is now you see what he's doing at Rutgers. But it, it just, just how relentless he was every day of coming in with great energy, uh, telling your story, moving forward, not looking back. Uh, just, just the everyday pursuit of of how hard you had to work to get the to get a program going, and then you know keep it there. Uh, sometimes keeping there is harder than 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 getting it going. And we were able to do that at Stony Brook, where we were, I think, seven out of our last eight years there. We won twenty two or more games. So uh, just kind of being a program of significance where every year you're, you're in the hunt for playing meaningful games in March. And then, you know, I got to work with, with a friend of mine. Uh, we became very good friends along the way and uh, he empowered me to do an, uh, an awful lot and have an awful lot of uh, impact in both programs. And I said this at my press conference, I'm sitting here today as the head coach of Fairfield because of Steve. And uh, I certainly owe him a lot. And, um, you know, we still talk all the time. So He's not that far away, but but I certainly owe him uh, a lot of uh, where I'm at today because of him. Yeah, one more question, kind of on, on your background before we dive into your to, to your new role at Fairfield a bit. But uh, one thing, and I've, I've spoken to a couple coaches on this podcast, and I've asked them who who one of the best players they've coached against or had to scout has been, and multiple coaches have told me uh, Jamil Warney. His name was the first one that's come to mind. And I know you, right. you you really helped lead the recruiting effort to get him to Stony Brook. What do you think made him uh, and what makes him such a special player? You know, he, he, I like to take the credit for it, but he was talented before we got him. Uh, and what separates him, I, I believe, and I've told everybody this, is just his instincts and his instincts for making his teammates better. Um, he was one of the best passing players I've ever been around at any position. I don't think he gets enough credit for the way he passes the basketball. Everybody talks about his rebounding and scoring, which are two things he does well for sure. But the way he makes his teammates better around him, um, Jamil came to us at Stony Brook and, you know, he, he needed to work on his body and get in the weight room and, and he bought into all that. He, uh, was a great teammate from day one. Uh, and then he just, he learned to be a better practice guy. He learned to come to practice every day and take it, uh, as serious as, as he needed to take it. He learned, you know, that the guys were going to feed off what he did. And I thought his maturity in that regard and the way he practiced, the way he approached basketball every day was, uh, you know, just changed his game completely where he was like a fringe guy to, to becoming a pro. But I, I just think his instincts are just incredible. I still watch him play in the G league and watch him play and, uh, just the little things he do, he does all the time to make guys better, whether it's getting an offensive rebound and, and tipping it to one of his teammates, or you know these drop-off passes that he that he uh, that he can make so effortlessly. He's he's one of the best uh, facilitators at any position that I've ever been around. So going from that to to talking about your new role here here at Fairfield, um, you know, come the you know, the end of the season last year, as you're interviewing for this role, what, what got you excited about the opening here at Fairfield? Well, a, a couple of things. One, I knew it was a great academic institution uh, with a beautiful campus. I had a niece 
who went to school here and was a graduate of Fairfield. So I'd spent some time on the campus. I had recruited a Fairfield prep and I knew it had a great tradition um, and some really good resources too. Uh, and certainly the area that uh, it was in was right in my wheelhouse from a recruiting standpoint. You know, the Northeast corridor is where I spent my entire college coaching career. And I thought it was an area that I could recruit and be successful at. And then when I got up here and started to go through the, the whole process of the interview, I got a chance to meet president Nemec. I had known the athletic director, um, Paul Schlickman. I know him. I had known him from my time at Stony Brook. So, uh, I was just so excited about their their um, you know vision of where Fairfield could be, and uh, I was thrilled to have the opportunity to even interview for the job, and even more thrilled obviously when I got it. But I just you know saw the rich history, met the the proud people around the program, um, and and thought it was you know you know a place I could be very very successful at. Coming into your to your first year here, uh, you know what what are some of the goals you have uh, you know for the team heading into the season uh, dur- during that first year you know of the young era here at uh, Fairfield? Yeah, well, I, I kind of said this to everybody. You know, we're gonna I talk to the team about specific goals and some of the numbers that we want to achieve and and that type of thing. But but really, my goal, Jared, is this: is is for anybody who kind of watches us play next year to be really proud of the product that's on the floor, uh, whether we win or lose, uh, to come away from the game, knowing that we, you know, executed, that we, we, we defended and we rebound and just really proud of the effort that we gave every single night. And I think when that happens, I saw it at Rutgers and I saw it at Stony Brook that people know that, uh, the future that the program's heading in the right direction, uh, that the future of the program is going to be bright and, I, I just want our guys to play with a passion uh, that'll make it themselves proud, first of all, and then then all the fans of Fairfield proud as well. Yeah, a- absolutely. You've got your non-conference schedule out there. What what was going through your head, and what was your process like in, in putting that schedule together? You know, you know, for the first year of your uh, time here at Fairfield. Well, what went through my head originally was, oh boy, because most of it was done before I got here. Uh, so I saw a list of some of the teams that were on the schedule already, and it's certainly a very, very challenging schedule for us. Um, and like I said, most of it was done. I had the opportunity to schedule uh, a couple games that would kind of round it off, but it was a very challenging schedule, obviously playing in the Advocare. Uh, you know, if you ask me ideally with my first year coaching here, if that was a tournament I would have probably signed up for, I'd be lying to you if I said yes. Uh, but, you know, I'm excited about it. We, I talked to the guys the other day, and, and everybody asked me the same question. You know, how many games do you think you can win? And my answer to them, well, how many are on our schedule? You know, we plan on, we plan on winning them all. Our, 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 I understand the challenges that come with that, but I'm not going into any game as a coach or our team saying, hey, we're going to lose this one, you know, next year. Um, but it, it's an extremely, extremely challenging schedule. But, you know, I, we got to be good at this level. you got to be – good in conference play and, and then great in one weekend in March. And I think that this non-conference schedule will prepare us and help us to do so. Yeah. You, you talked about kind of getting hot, you know, one week in March, uh, you know, to really, mm-hmm. you know, solidify your, your chances of making the NCAA tournament in, in a one bid lead like the Mac here. 
What are your thoughts on on coaching in a one bid league, and how do you manage that? You know, throughout the whole season, you know, you'll have your ups and downs throughout, but ultimately, whether or not you make the NCAA tournament is going to come down to one weekend. Uh, you know, in March. Right. There. Well, I lived in as an assistant at at Stony Brook. You know, we were when we finally broke through and one went to the NCAA tournament. That was our fifth championship game that we had played in. So we were zero and four. In, in championship games before that and you know kind of had lost them in every conceivable way possible some you know amount of bad uh, bad play some bad luck uh, a couple bad calls uh but we, we had kind of kind of seen every way to lose one of those things and it, you really got to keep things in perspective um i know after a couple of those how deflated everybody around the program was but you really got to kind of look back and, and realize that just the fact that we played in so many championship games at Stony Brook was, was an incredible accomplishment. And we were able to go to three NITs. We won an NIT game, but I think it, it, it's just important to remind everybody of where the program came, where the program uh, came from and, and where it was headed. Steve did a great job about that. Being proud of, of even though you didn't get to the NCAA tournament of what a great year uh, that you did have, because if you're playing in championship games, you've done something right. And sooner or later, it was going to happen for us. I kept telling everybody uh, had it. You know, it was frustrating for everybody around the program. But I said, you know, we keep knocking at the door. We're going to get in. And finally, that did happen. So, you know, uh, I think any mid-major program or one-bid league, your goal is to play meaningful games in late February and March. And we were doing that consistently at Stony Brook. And the goal is to do that here at Fairfield as well. So heading heading into the season, if you know someone's tuning in to uh, check out Fairfield, you know for the first time, who are a couple players uh, you know you're really excited about getting to see them out on the court in action this year? Yeah, I, I think first of all, the you know the, the returners are guys who've worked extremely hard, and I've been really really uh, fortunate to uh, you know guys like Landon Taliaferro and Hazen's Cruz and Taj Benning and Calvin Whipple. Those guys have been just great kind of embracing me uh, from day one. Landon is our leading returning scorer at 12 points a game, and I'm hoping he can make that, you know, jump from his junior to senior year. And he's been worked on his body, worked on doing a little more off the dribble, and is uh, continuing to work on his defense. So uh, he's been great. Jesus, I, I like Jesus's game. He's kind of a Swiss Army knight, can guard different guys on defense and play different positions on offense. So I love his versatility and his energy that he brings. Uh, Taj and Calvin and another two guys who have, who have really just kind of jumped on board and have embraced, uh, you know, me and, and the process that we're trying to build here and the program that we're trying to build. And then some of the other guys like Wasif. Wasif has, uh, hasn't been here and this summer because he's playing in a fever event, but he was here in the spring and a couple of guys were hurt in spring now back. Omar, um, he's come back now and, and has had a good summer. Uh, so I, I just think it's it's all the guys kind of kind of chipping in and doing their part and improving on a daily basis. Uh, but, you know, uh, I really appreciate the fact that those guys who, uh, you know, had to withstand the coaching change, which is difficult sometimes, have kind of embraced me and, and what we're trying to do. And then we got a couple new guys, Jared. We got a transfer, a fifth-year uh, transfer, uh, Vincent Easy from the University of Maine, 
who's been awesome. He gives us some leadership and a veteran guy. He's been great in practice so far. Uh, we're going to sit out two transfers um, who won't be able to play this year. And then we've got two newcomers. Uh, we've got Alan Rose from Tallahassee, Florida, originally from Martinique, uh, who I love his upside. He's about six seven, bouncy uh, wing. And then Chris Mado from uh, outside of Baltimore, who uh, is another guy with great upside. He's about 6'10", skinny. We've got to put some weight on him. He's only about 180 pounds, but um, I think he could be a special player in our league. So we're kind of piecing it together. It's going to be by committee. I don't think there's anybody who jumps out at you. Um, uh, but but I'm hoping that these guys all make significant jumps and have great years for us. Yeah, so, so to wrap things up a little bit, I got a couple just quick-hitting questions that, that I like to ask sure. of every, every coach yeah. that's come on. Um, who would you say has been the best player that you've had to coach against or, or that you've had to, had to scout for? Wow. Um, when I was a young coach at uh, Northeastern, I remember coming back and seeing Vinnie Baker for the first time at the University of Hartford. And I thought he was tremendous. And I had, as a young coach, I had no ideas how to stop him. And I was right because we, we didn't stop him. And then when I've been fortunate enough to coach in the Big Ten for the last few years. So um, there were just so many guys in the Big Ten. Miles Bridges, Jared Jackson from Michigan State um, come to mind. Uh, but just so many good players on every single night in the Big Ten. Uh, but but Vinny Bake is the first guy I remember coming back and having that wild moment when I watched him play at the University of Hartford. This one, and this might be an easy one based on, on your time in the Big Ten, but one thing that I love about college basketball is the different environments uh, you get to go play in. What would you say has been the toughest road right. environment that, that you've had to take a team into? Uh, I would say those Big Ten environments are, uh, Purdue doesn't get enough credit. It's a, it's, a, it's just a great environment to play in every night um, at Mackey. Uh, the fans are lined up early, and, and Matt Payne has done a great job. But we, uh, honestly, all those Big Ten environments were sold out almost every night, and the fans were great. But Purdue, Michigan State were two environments that just kind of jump out at you. Wisconsin's another good one. Um, so those places were just you know, great. And then when I was in America East, I'll tell you, going up to the University of Vermont and you didn't have the numbers of, of fans, but you had like an enthusiastic fan base that was loud in that tiny Patrick gymnasium. So um, I, I've been fortunate enough to kind of bring it some good environments at different levels. Yeah. And then I'll get you out of here on this one. Uh, you talked about your dad and his involvement in sports. What would you say is the one lesson he's taught you, you know, that you've applied most to, to your basketball coaching career? Yeah, my dad was a high school AD and uh, a basketball coach. Um, and, you know, I, I, I use this every day and remember him. He, he said it to me all the time, and that was to surround yourself with good people. And uh, I try and keep that in mind when I'm hiring, when I hire the staff, and I hired a great staff um, that checks off all, that, all of those boxes of being great people. And I try and keep that in mind with recruiting, too, that you've got to have great people around you to build a program and to sustain it. And if you want to coach them hard, if you want to challenge them, if you want to put them in uncomfortable positions, they're going to have to be really, really good people uh, to get through some of the tough moments that you have when you build a program. So that's certainly the lesson that sticks out. Many He gave me many lessons, but that's certainly the lesson that sticks out the most is to surround yourself with great people.
Coach, great stuff here. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us, and uh, best of luck in your first season over at Fairfield. Thanks, Jared. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod, the host at Jared Cutler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.